Welcome to the podcast series from Black Bria, The Church Before the Watching World. And this is episode two. In this episode, I sit down with Felix, who is a training manager at London City Mission. And we talk about, again, the relevance of the church in this 21st century and specifically in the city of London. We focus on key issues like social justice, race, gender, and class. And we talk about how Christians, not just as an organization in terms of the church and its buildings and its structures, but how Christians as individuals can be empowered to actually reach out to all people, any type of people in their local community and for the world to see how the Christian message actually motivates Christians to go out and to break down structures that are oppressive or cause people to be in a place of disadvantage um, and how breaking those structures and reforming those structures enable all humans to flourish and especially to hear the gospel um, and receive eternal life. So we hope that this second episode again continues the journey that we're already going through in this series as we continue to look at the present state of the church and its continued ongoing relevance in the world. Welcome to episode two and I hope you enjoy. A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Welcome to the Church Before the Watching World, Black Berea special series. We are now officially in episode two and I am joined by Felix Aremo. Hello. Wonderful for you to have Oh, wonderful to have you here. <laughs> Do you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and what you currently do? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm Felix. I'm Nigerian Londoner, um, married to a Ghanaian Londoner, Efwa, who's wonderful. Um, and we have a son called Micah, uh-huh. um, who's hilarious. He's two. Um, and yeah, I'm currently working as a training manager at London City Mission. So um, I'm involved with training, equipping, mentoring missionaries, um, well, Christians for mission Mm. in London. Mm. Um, And I've been doing it part-time for a couple of years and I'll be doing it full-time from September. How did you get to your role as the manager, (laughs) training manager? Yeah, so um, I'm part of a team um, and uh, it's just just God's kind generosity. Mm. Um, So... I was working for um, a church in South London and yeah, serving as assistant pastor. Um, and as a church, we were seeking to um, be biblically faithful, relationally deep um, and culturally um, engaged in the way that we did uh, evangelism, the way that we reached out to people. And there was just a real... I guess, resonance, synergy between what we were trying to do as one church and what London City Mission are seeking to do mm. London-wide. And um, yeah, <laughs> just a series of events where um, I was 
kind of looking out for them. They were looking out for me mm. uh, and it just came together um, where I was able to meet a particular need that they had in the organization at that time. Um, so I think the, a group of missionaries were talking about the need to, um, yeah, they, they desire to be equipped for um, mission in, yeah, in the inner city to reach, say, mm. black and working class communities. Um, and they felt the training that they were receiving, um, th there were gaps in the training they were receiving. Right. Um, and, and so one of the things that I've um, done since joining was um, add um, you know, a few modules to help think about, for example, um, yeah, different black cultures and spiritualities mm. and, and mm. how we as Christians um, mm. engage people with the gospel. So for example, yeah. answering questions mm. like, <clears throat> is Christianity is Christianity a white man's religion? Hmm. Um, hmm. What can you say to that? Hmm. Um, and yeah, that was a gap in the training that was being provided yeah. before, but it's something that's being addressed now. That's that's uh, there are a lot of avenues that I feel like I could go down um, just based on what you said earlier, because this this entire series and listeners will already know that is really trying to consider how Christianity is even relevant in our present world. Um, how the watching world are looking and saying, why are you here? Why do you exist? Yeah. And we try to look at it from the two sides of the church as an organization, as like this institution where mm -hmm. um, there's word and sacrament and elders and so on, mm -hmm. but also Christians as individuals, mm -hmm. um, whether through organizations that are explicit or individuals in workplace and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and I hear you talking about LCM and even the way you're trying to add modules, um, and really add to the current training structure so that, so that the that people who come and listen and participate are equipped mm -hmm. to engage and show the relevance of the Christian faith. Yeah. So for example, to those who have those questions like, yeah. oh, Christianity is the white man's religion, why would you as a black person hold to Christianity yeah. and actually say, no, this is this is what true Christianity looks like. Yeah. It's not the misconception that you presently hold. Yeah. Um, so I wanna ask two questions really. Uh, First of all, how do you think LCM as an organization, and maybe you can touch on the history of the organization as well, yeah. um, is equipped to engage the watching world um, and show the relevance of the Christian faith um, presently? And also, where do you think your your place is in that? So you mentioned a bit about, you know, um, is Christianity the white man's religion? Do you find that the way God has allowed things to happen in your life is that you're essentially trying to reach a particular demographic um, and that can be across any sort of social category or do you find that it's essentially meeting their needs as and when they arise yeah, yeah. that's yeah it's a really great question um, well two great questions um, to the first about um, Lancet Mission so mm -hmm. yeah Lancet Mission um, founded in um, 1835 um, by uh, I think it's a Scottish guy called David Naismith. Um, mm. And what he was seeking to do was, um, like his vision was to work with churches so that they're, you know, individuals within those churches and the churches themselves, they're, they're reaching out to the poorest people in London. Mm. Um, I think that was originally in the, in the East End. Um, and, and his thing was, um, rather than just waiting for kind of trained clergy, you know, church ministers to mm. do it, um, one have ordinary Christians go out as missionaries. Mm. Um, and as 
they went out they went out with hearts of love mm. um and i think that's a really striking thing um there wasn't a um a kind of paternalism looking down on uh, these these poor yeah. people um they're reaching out with love and they're reaching out with the gospel um and so for example when there was a a really serious cholera um like outbreak mm. in london mm. um it was you know there were like 200 missionaries who went out and they were praying with people as they were mm. you know as they were as they lay dying um and you know you know they were there with the sick they held yeah hands of people as they died yeah um and you know they were there just risking their lives to share the gospel with um yeah with with people who society as a whole mm. neglected um and london city mission today is is still seeking to do the same thing so um partnering with churches so rather than trying to replace churches mm. um i don't know there's a danger that with christian organizations that aren't churches it's easy to kind of sideline the church and be like yeah i'm not doing it so i'm gonna mm. do my own thing elsewhere um but no london city mission recognized that no if we're going to reach everyone in london with the gospel it can't it's not for one church or one church network um to do there needs to be partnership across the board if we're going to reach everyone um and so yeah seeking to to get alongside churches um showing genuine love um for people um christian non-christian um and yeah sharing yeah sharing the gospel um but the focus is on the least reached yeah. um, and, and you can define that on on a number of levels so um i think i can't remember where it's from but there's a stat that says um 2.5 million people in london don't have a christian friend wow um so one in three yeah you know, they're mm. like they're not in relationships mm. they're not in mm. um their networks don't include christians yeah um and so and that might be because they're they're part of um say a, a muslim community where mm. you know they're, they're kind of and there aren't any churches that are seeking right. to do yeah. much yeah. um that might be because yeah they're they're homeless mm. um that might be because they're elderly mm. um and and just in their homes mm. and so um yeah if, if if that's the case then um yeah the Lancet mission want to be um inspiring mobilizing equipping churches to um to get out those to those people yeah um who aren't yeah. being reached um yeah so i guess if <laughs> for the mathematicians who like venn diagrams um <laughs> there's a classic one for london city mission where um you've got the gospel as one circle mm. church another circle the least reached as another circle and mm. london city mission is you know, sitting in the middle of that trying mm. to um partner with churches to reach the least the least reached with the gospel of of christ mm. um and, and showing love as they do so um so th yeah that's what london city mission are trying to do it's not about um you know I, i've probably spoken more about <laughs> london city mission than they'll maybe be comfortable with because it's not actually about the london city mission brand it's about mm. jesus it's about making mm. him known mm. um, and i really love that about the organization that it's yeah it really isn't about lcm um that it is about um churches making christ known um yeah and and that resonates with me i think so for me um so i grew up in a um on a council estate um in south london and um yeah like <laughs> you know hard-working mum mm. from nigeria um like doing the most to, to look after me and my siblings and um in god's kindness you had opportunities to um uh, to progress academically and mm. you know I'm, I'm in a different situation than 
um, than my mum and her generation are. Um, and with that, I'm aware that depending on yeah, where you live and how much money you will have, and uh, there are certain opportunities that aren't necessarily as open to you. Yeah. Um, and that's sadly true inside church as well as outside. Um, and so one of the things that I'm passionate about is ordinary Christians, um, yeah, making Christ known. Mm. And um, I just love that passage in 1 Corinthians where Paul's like, yeah, not many of you were of noble birth, like not many yeah. of you were wise, not yeah. many of you are, um, you know, you weren't celebrities, like God didn't call you because you were, there was something, anything special about you, like it was all grace. Mm. Um, and I'd love for the church to demonstrate that, not just with who's in the pews, but actually who's in the pulpit as well. Um, I'd love to see, um, yeah, more Christian leaders, um, pastors, evangelists from a diverse background, from yeah. diverse backgrounds. Um, and I reckon that will be key to reach the diversity of people. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. The fact that I'm able to work with um, Lancet Mission in this season. Um, my heart's always for, for local church. Um, and so, yeah, I want to be um always active in my church as well seeking yeah. to serve yeah that's really encouraging and so how have you found i guess especially with your your own personal history how, how have you found um your like background and skills training being utilized um within the organization and you know looking outward um towards the world yeah so yeah i've always found myself um, in more than one world and more than one mm. culture. Mm. Um, and I, I believe that, yeah, God intends for me to be a, um, yeah, to, to be a kind of mediator or bridge builder. So f for example, um, home life was very much um, kind of, yeah, it's just very much, Yoruba Nigerian mm. um and um so that's yeah that's that's home that's church um but then my school was very um very middle class um uh predominantly white middle class but but also also um yeah because it was South London you mm. had the diversity of people there um and and I heard the gospel through Anglican evangelicals um, so that's kind of Church of England guys. Yeah. Uh, and so I've just found myself in lots of different spaces. So uh, my church uh, growing up was Nigerian Pentecostal. Um, I've mm. been to um, Church of England churches. I've, you know, I was involved in, in planting an um, yeah, independent Baptist church. You know, so mm. I, I just find myself in lots of different... Um, and what's been good about that is that I don't, I'm not looking at anyone as saying, yeah, they've got it all right or they've yeah. all got it all wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely see that we need each other. Um, and I think one of the things that I'd love um, for individuals and for churches in London um, is recognizing that um, we've got more in common <laughs> um, than we have like serious, serious differences between us. Like, I'm not saying that, um, you know, what we believe doesn't matter, it does matter. Right. Um, but Jesus said that by our love, that's mm. how the world's gonna know us. Mm. And 
I don't think we disagree in loving ways um, often. And I, and I think that, um, yeah, and I get it. So in, in church world, one, yeah, if you're a church leader, there is so much to do um, that reaching out to the church down the street um, like you know, the leaders getting to know each other and, mm. and kind of fellowship and, and the congregations getting together and um, like it, it feels like it's very low down on the priority list. Um, but if our focus was, was on the 2.5 million people who mm. um, don't know Jesus and aren't likely to hear about Jesus through the people they already know, um, if our focus was on that mission field, then perhaps we would find excuses to, to get together more often and, and, um, yeah, pray together. Um, I think I feel like even if we can't do church together, we can pray together. Mm. Um, even if we can't do church together, we might be able to to fund um, a, a third party to, to 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 start a new church in an area which is being unreached. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I find myself in a space where um, I have I understand different groups of people, and therefore I'm able to speak to different groups of people. Um, yeah, so that's so God has yeah ordered my life in such a way that I do have um, opportunities that others don't have to, to yeah to speak yeah, in to sp yeah, particular spaces yeah. and yeah and and I'm grateful for that mm. um, and I want to steward that well, although um, <laughs> I sometimes get weary of, of of certain conversations about race about class mm. um, because I guess in my impatience I want to see change rather than continue to talk mm. um but yeah god's working on me <laughs> um that, that's encouraging i you, you mentioned that in terms of lcm uh the organization is trying to partner with churches mm -hmm. uh to reach the least reached with mm -hmm. the gospel and then you then mentioned that you have found yourself particularly in your story um being in a place where you have been in multiple worlds mm -hmm. um and I'm sure that shaped your ability to interact with sort of like the different camps mm -hmm. um, and bring them together. Mm -hmm. uh, how, do, how do you see, or I should say, what is the m particular methodology for LCM as an organization mm -hmm. in terms of trying to do that as well? So how how's the organization trying to bring together different churches or um, utilize resources within the Christian community um, broadly speaking, in London, mm -hmm. to uh, seek those two point three million, two point five million, two point five million um, yeah. people who aren't Christians and don't have anyone um, in their social network as a Christian. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that London Saint Mission is doing at the moment um, is is bringing church leaders together, um, just inviting them into London Saint mm. Mission, um, and probably saying a little bit about what different missionaries are doing um, all over London and you know, hoping, hopefully inspiring them to think, oh, maybe our church can, can do that. And so we do that in our training. We do that um, when we bring church leaders together. Um, but with that, there's lots of space for interaction and, yeah, there's an encouragement for, for church leaders to, mm. to chat to the other people in the room. And, um, and that's important. Um, I think there are several, yeah, initiatives, whether it's... Uh, just, yeah, when there's a specific need or uh, a crisis situation. Um, so, for example, um, uh, the 
the knife crime and the and the murders mm. in London at the moment. Mm. You, there'll be specific issues where um, it wouldn't necessarily be um, London City Mission hosting, but um, London City Miss Mission using uh, their network of churches to you know, making sure that right. people are aware of yeah. this event yeah. and um, coming together. And we are, yeah, where we are kind of praying and um, yeah, speaking to each other about you know, what we can do, mm. how we can help. Um, yeah, so the advantage of not being a church um, and, and really having the posture of servant, like not just for appearance's sake, but I think that's a reality. Um, by seeking to serve churches, um, yeah, people are aware that there isn't a hidden agenda when we try and connect mm. people with each other. Mm. Um, so that's one way. Um, and, and then, yeah, another way is just with the training that we offer. Um, where you get people from different churches um, coming. Some some will come with their church leaders, others will, will come um, by themselves. Um, and again, there's opportunities for, for the people who come to the training to, to chat to each other and mm. um, yeah. yeah. Uh, even at the events that we run actually, um, at the training events. So for example, last week we had our uh, summer school um, and there were a range of different yeah, church leaders, pastors mm. speaking at it. Mm. And, um, in 2018, when we had our summer school, um, yeah, I, I found out about other churches through you know them being interviewed and, yeah. and just hearing about their ministry. Yeah. And um, so, by by being connected to the different churches in London, inviting people who are doing things well to yeah to speak mm. about what they've done, how they've done it, why they've mm. done it. Um, yeah, if if I'm kind of tuned into those conversations, yeah. I'll then be able to connect with uh, mm. the pastors or need all the churches involved mm. so yeah i think that's 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 some of the ways um but in terms of connecting with um in the work of evangelism shall i say a little yeah, bit about yeah. the methodology there um so yeah london city mission um they're seeking to um yeah make contact with people um and that will be done in a, in a range of different ways um and i actually love yeah just the the creativity mm. of that. So um, one of our missionaries, um, he he runs a gym ministry. Um, wow. So yeah. um, I think four or five days a week, um, guys will come um, into the gym. At first, it was a I think a local gym, and he had a good relationship with with like the yeah. the, the management. Um, but now um, I think London City Mission has its own gym, um, and. And so guys will come through yeah. um, and they'll do a workout. You know, he's, a, he's a personal trainer um, and they'll work out and then, you know, over protein shakes or whatever, <laughs> like they'll be having a Bible study. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and uh, we've seen people disciple through that and, and come to faith. Um, there's another, uh, another missionary I can think of who, um, I think she's a qualified hairdresser, or at least she's able to, to do hair really well. Um, yeah. And you can just imagine like if um, <laughs> the sort of conversations you'll have with someone while they're doing your hair are different from if you, ha you know, if it's just someone knocking on your door, for example. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's just opportunities to, to connect with people. Um, so once you connect with them, um, and the bread and butter for London City Mission is, um, is door knocking. Um, okay. So... Um, yeah, missionaries will um, just systematically knock on doors in an area, mm. try and get um, 
get around the whole area um you know several times a year mm. um and some people will be eager to kind of hear you know they're just in the place in their lives where <laughs> they know they need god and, and and relationships will develop off the back of that um other people it's just helpful for them to know um there are christians in the area yeah. who who care and who want to um pray for them or um serve them in some way um and yeah, and so that happened. Um, and so regardless of how you make contact, um, mm. the aim is to build relationships, um, to demonstrate Christ-like love, um, and to share the gospel mm. with them. Um, uh, and to see these people integrated into church. Um, and um, rather than you know the 80 or 90 mm. doing all of the work, <laughs> um, and, and that's never been the aim anyway, but there's been a real um desire to for london city mission missionaries to to be involved in training and mobilizing ordinary church members mm. for the mm. work of evangelism um and so the um, the missionaries need to be able not just to you know knock on doors and connect with um unbelievers but they also need to be able to um encourage and equip um the christians within their churches mm. to um, to do the work as well. And so all those things that I talked about, um, making contact, building relationships, sharing the gospel and integrating into church, that's not something that London City Mission are trying to do themselves. They're actually trying to help um, Christians and churches do all of those things well. Um, so it's, yeah, the, the desire yeah. is for, for that process to be multiplied across mm. churches, across mm. individual Christian relationships as well. That's a, that's a very thorough methodology um and i and i find it encouraging especially how it 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 tries to reach sort of every dynamic in terms of relationships that the church has church within its own members mm -hmm. the church to other churches in the community the church to the, um, the immediate community around it and so on um, and i think that's actually a very good way in which it uh, it continues to harness relationships resources to really get the gospel out there to anyone and not just um, sit in a position where those who happen to have the resources to hear the gospel can hear it, but actually everyone gets, um, or that the, the hope is that everyone is in a position and place where they can mm. hear the gospel and receive it. And on that point, I wanna go into like, I think the f one of the main topics that I would like for you to expound on um, which is essentially the area of social justice. Mm -hmm. um, what is what do you think the role is of social justice in the church and for Christians in, as individuals? And how do you think it's important in shaping uh, the task of London City Mission? Um, how do you find it shaping your role mm -hmm. uh, as you think about how to engage the communities around uh, the church and so on? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so one of the things I found is that Christians can make the mistake of thinking of social justice as an optional extra. Mm. Um, mm. And the way they get there, I think, is by saying, um, they ask the question, um, what's the relationship between social justice and evangelism? Um, and some would say, you know, they're, they're equally important. One would say, you know, some would say, well, evangelism is more important than social justice. Some might say, no, social justice is more important than 
um, than evangelism. Um, but I think it's the wrong question. Mm. Um, uh, some people will approach the question by asking, you know, what's the mission of the church? Yeah. Um, and they'll say, well, the mission of the church is to make disciples, um, uh, to teach, to baptize and, uh, and to teach all that Christ commanded. Um, social justice is um, not directly serving that purpose. And so a church can choose whether to do it or not. Um, but I've been really helped by um, Tim Chester. Um, he wrote some articles in the briefing. Um, I'm, I'm sure some of the material will be found in his book, um, Good News for the Poor. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the things that he um, suggests and, uh, and a few other people have, have said the same thing is that the, the best way to approach the question is actually to ask, even if you're gonna say, okay, what's the mission of the church, make disciples. Mm. I think you need to ask the question, what sort of disciples are we making? Mm. Um, and the answer has to be um, a, a true disciple of the Lord Jesus will love people. Mm. Um, so to love God and to love mm. people, to love you know, to love our neighbors as ourselves yeah. um, is it, it, primary. Yeah. Um, and uh, to love um, you know, brothers and sisters within the church family mm. is essential. Um, and, and then when we ask the question, okay, what does love look like in the situations that we yeah. find ourselves? Um, it's difficult to avoid the issue of social justice. Um, so for example, in, um, so to approach the issue of um, race and racism, um, for example, um, and actually class as well. Um, if you are, um, if you are not white and if you're not rich, that will affect your access to education, healthcare, um, employment, uh, you know, just a whole range of public services. Hmm. Um, and you, you can tell that that's the case because of the, you know, people will um, change their names for a job application yeah. in order for it to yeah. kind of get through the first yeah. screening. Um, people will use a different accent over the mm -hmm. phone Mm -hmm. um in order to Code be switching and everything. Yeah, yeah yeah just yeah. just just in order to be taken seriously mm -hmm. um uh yeah to be treated with respect um and so there is um there is unjust discrimination just across society mm -hmm. um in 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 the provision of, of basic services um if i love people within my church um and if there is a diverse you know people with diverse experience within my church then yeah. I, I can't avoid but ask the question you know, what does love look like here mm. um in the very least it's recognizing that that is the situation and providing um the, the tools the framework the the um you know the pastoral care that will help someone mm. live faithfully for Jesus in the midst of injustice um and there's tons of Christian resources yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. as in biblical resource out there um, to help suffering people um, cope with life in an unjust world. Um, the Bible's full of that. Mm. Um, and yet if I'm never preaching into that, yeah. um, somehow I've, I'm actually silencing a huge, um, yeah, just I'm silencing huge areas of scripture. Mm. Um, 
because I don't realize what the people in the congregation are going through. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like there's, <clears throat> um, in terms of social justice or, or, or social action, um, it's helpful to think of um, four different levels. Um, three of them are stolen from Tim Keller. <laughs> um, one of them I stole from Oxfam. Um, so the first is campaigns um, where you, um, where you, sh where you make known a need to different mm. people. Mm. Um, so you don't necessarily meet that need yourself, but you just make it known to other yeah. people. That's campaigns. Uh, another level is relief, mm. where you're providing short-term relief for like em you know, em emergency care. So someone is, yeah. um, you know, someone is hungry; they need food, so you feed them. Mm. Um, uh, another level is long-term development, mm. um, and that's when you're you're bringing someone or perhaps a community to a level of um self-sufficiency so they're actually able it's to care like for themselves the, um, teach a man to yeah all of that give stuff. a man a fish yeah, yeah, yeah. They teach a man to yeah, yeah. so so relief is giving yeah. a man a fish yeah um and then long-term development is is teaching teach them how to fish yeah. yeah yeah um and then there's reform that's mm. the fourth level and reform is saying there are certain um unjust structures and systems within mm. society which need to be which are causing people to be in a state of deprivation. Yeah. Um, and it's what can we do to just dis dis dismantle these structures in order for, um, yeah, then I would need to give less relief. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's actually, it helps me as I try and um, do development as well, help people to be self-sufficient because I'm, I'm dealing with the structures that, mm. that put them in that position of disadvantage in the first place. Um, and, and, and so campaigns with that, like often, um, yeah, you're just, um, letting people know about, um, just stuff that's going on, but, but campaigns can be, um, a way of doing reform because if you're speaking to people with power to, to bring about change, yeah. um, then it could be a way of dismantling these unjust structures. Um, and, uh, I, I believe that churches can do the first three really well. Mm. Um, so, um, as a small group leader, um, or even just as a as a Christian friend, if someone within my church shares with me the stuff that they're going through, mm. and I and I see that actually that's that's unjust, yeah. and and if I recognise that this is something that happens often, mm. I can share with my church leaders. Um, how would you help you know, how can i help this person who's going through this thing yeah. um or how can we as a church help mm. this person who's going through this thing um so there's no um in, in this in in our local community um there are no good schools mm. um because the teachers are going to um i don't know the private school or they're moving out of the area yeah. or um there's a lack of leadership within mm. the, the public school you know within the state school um, and therefore, um, yeah, the children within our church, they're misbehaving. Um, they're not, yeah, they're just not getting anything from school. Mm. Um, or they're being treated unjustly. They're being kicked out of school. Mm. You know, what can we do mm. so that there isn't this kind of pipeline to, to approve them prison? You know, mm. th there's a situation. Um, yeah. We're talking about it within, within our church. Um, we're seeing, okay, what can we do? How, how can we meet some of these needs? Um, uh, can people within church provide tutoring services mm. um, for free mm. or, or at low cost? Um, uh, can we speak to 
um, the local council, can, you know, can, should we speak to a councillor yeah. um, within the council? You know, actively, what can we do? Uh, and then uh, thinking more long-term, thinking more strategically, uh, what, you know, what are things that we can do? Um, and so, yeah, um, churches can be a place where um, yeah, campaigns can happen, relief happens, particularly um, for church members um, and development. Um, but then something like reform mm. probably needs an outside organization. Um, okay. And Christians should be actively involved within mm. those organizations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, going back to the question of what is the mission of the church, um, there are so many needs and the needs are so deep. Mm. Um, and the ways that you deal with the needs are complicated and, yeah, they're, they're a myriad of different ways. Mm. Um, for a church to say, yeah, as a member of this church, you have to be concerned about this need and meet it in this way mm. is a stretch. Yeah. Um, but I think you can do a lot before you get to the, before you cross the line into, and you're, mm. you know, mm. you're doing too much. And I think, um, yeah, f far too many churches and Christians um, you know, are, are, are way further back than that. Um, yeah. and, I, and I see it in myself. So I look back um, at, yeah, my own Christian history and the churches I grew up grew up in. Um, so, um, yeah, I remember as a younger Christian being concerned about, yeah, am I saved? Am I going to heaven? Mm -hmm. Like there was no concern for. Um, like the most important question was, how do I get to heaven? Um, how do I escape hell? Mm. Um, and then, once I had um, confidence of salvation um, through faith in Jesus by grace um, the question then became well you know, obviously we need to mm. you know, get the gospel out to other people mm. and, and we we're actually in one church and we we're actually taught that you know, don't give money to charity like mm. don't concern yourself with mm. social justice issues like you know, non-christians will be concerned about that and um, and actually just you know focus on, on gospel work and gospel ministry yeah um, that's a massive that's a massive mm. mistake because mm. um, Actually, we we weren't even encouraged. You know, there were no opportunities for us to um, to serve other Christians. Mm. In there's almost a lack of awareness that there is need outside of this congregation. In fact, there's yeah. there's need within this congregation, and um, that we may not be aware of. Um, and yes, and I think that that was a, a lack of love. Um, and so, yeah, there is a need for churches to um, encourage people to, to love in intangible ways and um, to, to consider social justice you know on those different levels mm. um, but also to provide opportunities for people to join in because in the same way as um, for me to learn how to do evangelism um, it's helpful for me to see it done yeah um, it's helpful for it to just be built into the life of the church um, it's, it's helpful for, for for there to be certain um, uh, particularly gifted people to you know to, to be seen and to, and to teach yeah um i need as much help as possible in order to learn how to do mm. evangelism mm. i think it's the same thing with mm. with issues of, of justice and yeah. um just love with neighbor love mm. um and yeah i i need to i need to see it i need to do it i need you know mm. i need to yeah you know, in the same way as i need to knock the door with the evangelist or stand on the street with the evangelist yeah um or you know yeah, attend Christianity Explored and chat to people on my mm. table table in order mm. to um 
or alpha, you know, I need to be involved in order yeah. to learn. Um, there's a need for me to learn how to do um, social justice, to love people practically, love my neighbor practically through churches helping me. Mm. Um, um, and, and so it may be that um, I'm involved in a, I don't know, an after school club mm. at my church um, mm. and, I'm, and I, I'm getting alongside people within the community that way and that um, yeah, it gives me a heart for love for that. And I find out about another need um, and the church ne doesn't necessarily need to now add another mm. um, like mercy ministry to yeah. its overall, um, but I can be involved with another organization serving right. another need, but yeah. the church has um, opened my eyes and given me an opportunity to, to get started. Mm. Um, and I think churches need to, um, yeah, to see that very much as part of yeah. what they're trying yeah. to do. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, the mission of the church is to, to make disciples who love like Jesus mm. um, and, yeah, that that call to love like Jesus, to love sacrificially, to love uh, sinners, mm. <laughs> not just th those who are okay, um, mm. would drive us out yeah. um, to the need within our congregation, but but beyond that, to the needs outside our congregation and out in the community. Um, and I think one church, uh, I'm sure there are tons of the churches in the UK who who get this, um, who are doing this really well. Um, but I've been really encouraged by seeing even just the language used by um, at John Piper's church, mm. um, uh, you know, the church, when he was leading it, um, they had a kind of mantra for social justice, which was, um, we care about all suffering, especially eternal suffering. Mm. Um, and, and, and that was awesome because, you know, that's a really powerful statement because it says, um, you know, we, we want to love people in every kind of way but we're particularly concerned about their eternities. Mm. Um, it wasn't like, ah, your, your soul is more important than your body. It was just right. simply that no, eternity is longer than now. Yeah. Um, and so we want to meet needs, not just for now, but for eternity. Mm. Um, and actually, even if we can't meet, meet your now needs, we can share the gospel with you. Yeah. And we'd love to do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so that's powerful. Um, but then another level you can add to that is from Galatians 6.10, where it says, um, do good to all people, mm. especially mm. Um, those of the family of faith. Um, and there you get the idea of I have more responsibility to some people than to others. You know, yeah. I have a responsibility um, as a dad um, and as a husband to my family, right. um, which yeah, other people don't have the same responsibility to my family. Mm. Um, and then I have a responsibility to my church um, and I have a responsibility to the unbelievers around me in my mm. network connected with me or with my church in some yeah. way right yeah um now if there is a needy christian in another church um because they're a believer i, I should have a concern and, and and in the very least should be praying for them mm. but it may be that there are people around them who have more of an obligation to help them than i do yeah um and so yeah i want to do good to all people um but particularly those who mm. are um who are believers um yeah, and, and so you put those things together and the motivation has to be love. Um, so I love mm. um, and hate <laughs> um, 1 Corinthians 13 because it nails me so hard mm. um, in exposing that. Yeah, if even if I gave all that I have to the poor, mm. um, but I, if I don't have love, then, yeah. then I'm nothing, I've done nothing. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, motivated by love, we want to do good to all people, especially those of the household of faith. Mm. Uh, 
because we care about all suffering, especially eternal suffering. Yeah. I think you put those statements yeah. together and, and that's a yeah. good, um, yeah, I don't know, that's a good mantra for our attitude towards social justice. And so in service, in seeking to love others well, how can Christians think about the themes of race and class um, so that they are actually um, equipped to love different people in diverse communities um, more faithfully than th otherwise they would? Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. And it is, uh, in some ways it's tricky. Um, <laughs> in some ways it's, it's quite straightforward. Um, so issues of race and class affect um, UK society as a whole. Mm. Um, we see that in the appointment of <laughs> Boris Johnson mm. as um, prime minister. Mm. Um, as in, if he were, um, if he were black, um, if he were female, if he were from a poor background, um, his path in <laughs> um, would look very different. He, he would be very unlikely to, to be prime minister. Um, and, and so within wider society, um, wealth, education, network, um, just offers you certain privileges that aren't available to, to, to other people. Um, you get treated better, your, your sins are um, excused um, mm. and in in a way that they're not for for others who would be um, villainized so for example the was it four um, Tory candidates who you know talked about their use of um, yeah. of drugs in the past mm -hmm. um, and you know I guess that that might be true of many many very very many people um, in the UK um, you know, have used drugs in the past um, but there's a reason why none of them were caught and their drug use had no impact on um, you know, their careers and, and their status and you know, how they're viewed within society. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, the society as a whole has, <laughs> has a thing about race and class, which means that um, there's a hierarchy. There's a, um, whether it's unconscious or conscious, there is a hierarchy which exists in many people's hearts and minds mm. um, where certain people are at the top by virtue of yeah. um, their wealth and um, the color of their skin and other people are at the bottom and mm. their gender. Mm. Um, like, yeah, some people at the top, some people at the bottom and you give honor according to that hierarchy and, yeah. it's, and it's actually unconscious. Mm. Now, the thing about unconscious things like that is that those things will be found within the church and within Christian communities unless you actively oppose it. Mm. Um, so Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And that only happens when we you know, come to God's word um, and allow it to, to shape mm. us. Mm. Um, and actually, yeah, when we allow maybe other people to point out areas of sin or blind spots that we have, um, and, um, and then we allow God to do his work yeah. of, of taking those things out of us. Um, so what I don't like is when Christians use language of, um, oh, you know, it's 2019, I can't believe this is happening in 2019. Mm. And it's like, since when did sin have an expiry date? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. why should we think mm. that um, people would grow out of certain sins or yeah. society would, yeah. um, you know, just naturally, <laughs> no, 
like we're the sort of the earth, we're the light of the world. Yeah. Um, God's word is um, shaping and transforming. You know, God is at work by his mm. spirit in our hearts just and in our communities, just shaping us and transforming us. Um, and it's a fight, it's a battle, mm. um, not with human beings, but um, against you know, spiritual powers and, and evil and yeah. um, in high places. Um, so if that's the reality, if we're not fight, fighting against mm. um, the, the, the prejudice, discrimination, um, uh, not just within individuals, but within the systems and structures of our society, um, if we're not actually fighting against it, then it's gonna persist. Mm. Um, so I think of racism, which, um, so the whole like <laughs> um, uh, concept of race, the fact that it's a, um, yeah, it was founded on pseudoscience. It was, um, yeah, just the idea of certain that humanity is split into different races. Mm. Like that's a lie anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is one human race. Yeah. Um, we have different, yeah, you know, ethnic origins and, yeah. and backgrounds, and, but and cultures and yeah, and cultures like and that, languages. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is, um, but the so-called races of you know white people, black people, mm. Asian people, um. Like the very fact that there there exists more um, diversity within each so-called race than there yeah. are between races yeah. kind of shows you that the whole concept yeah. is a nonsense. It actually it actually sort of effaces the idea of ethnicity because white doesn't white if if you identify primarily as white you've erased your French yeah. ethnicity or your German which are two very different yeah, yeah, histories yeah. or yeah. Um, your Ukrainian sort of yeah. background and yeah. it's all become just this one big category. Yeah. Same, yeah. The same thing with black, like what, yeah. Yeah. Like on a real, like how <laughs> much in common does a Yoruba person have with um, a Zulu person? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. on, in, mm. in terms of, yeah. and they may be overlap, but yeah. Um, yeah. there might be more similarities with someone mm -hmm. from, you know, yeah. from, from, from Europe or from, um, yeah, from, from an Asian country. So mm. yeah, um, mm. so the, the whole the whole concept is, um, uh, is 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 false, mm. um, but it was um, propagated in order to justify slavery. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, it salved people's consciences, even Christians, um, to think of well, you know, they're different. They're mm. um, they're not as worthy as we are. Mm. It's okay for us to treat them this way. Mm. Maybe you know they're more like animals than they are than they are like human beings. Mm. Um, that's that's really powerful rhetoric and ideology, and um, that persisted for centuries. Um, probably for longer than, yeah, for longer than slavery has been abolished for. Does that make sense? So you yeah. have an ideology that has been in place, which has been fortified um, with, with full science and, um, and, and politics and philosophy and art for, for centuries. Um, <laughs> and it hasn't been fought against and demolished mm. with the same intensity as it was erected in the first place. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's obvious that it's gonna persist till today and not just out there, but in us, unless we do the hard work of dismantling. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like <laughs> there's, um, there's real work to be done um, within, I, even if, um, I have no influence as to what the country is doing. Um, yeah, as as Christians, we are we are the light of the world. We are the sort of the earth. Mm. Um, and so, um, we should be demonstrating to the world a different way of doing things. Um, and what that requires, therefore, is um, it requires individual Christians, uh, and I guess beginning with. 
um, church leaders doing the hard work of um, of repentance, of mm. yeah, of searching themselves and, and repenting of prejudice. Like we shouldn't be um, we shouldn't be slow to confess our racism, our prejudice, our discrimination, our just the things that are going on in our hearts, the stereotypes that we have of certain yeah. people. Um, because Jesus knew all about that before he, he died to save us, you know? Um, mm. Like there's no condemnation for us for those sins. Um, and so it just makes sense to, to confess them and to, and to deal with them and to um, seek change. Um, so we need to deal with that prejudice um, in order for us to love people well. Because um, the thing that happens you know, if we don't do, deal with what's going on in our hearts is that we will treat people differently and they will know that they're being treated differently. Mm. Um, so in James 2, it talks about, you know, why, why is it that when the rich man comes, he's given that place of honor and the poor person is you know, told to sit by your feet. Um, you've done it. You haven't necessarily thought about it as you've mm. done it. You just think, you know, this is the way it's, this is how we function in this society. Um, but that, per that poor person is unlikely to come, come back to your church, yeah. um, which is why it's important to deal with that kind of prejudice in your heart. Um, and then, yeah, thinking about, okay, what is it about the way that we're doing church that needs to change in light of our desire to, to, to welcome people well? Mm. Um, and so, for example, in Acts 6, you have um, Greek-speaking widows being neglected in the daily distribution of food. Mm. Um, and that wasn't something that the apostles just thought, uh, you know, it's all about, let's keep the main thing, the, make, the main thing. So as long as we're preaching the gospel, we've done our job. No, they were saying, yeah, we need to keep preaching the gospel and praying, but um, we actually need to deal with this problem because yeah. it, it demonstrates or it's communicating something that's not actually true based on the gospel. Mm. Um, there's an equality amongst us, which is not being conveyed. Um, and so we need to do things differently. And mm. so we need to appoint the right people to help us do things differently. Yeah. Um, so they appointed yeah. seven men um, who were filled with the spirit, who were godly, um, and who, uh, you know, they've got Greek sounding names. Um, so they were the right people for that job to deal with this injustice. Um, and, and so for churches, that probably just means um, having the right men and women, uh, maybe young people in the room when certain decisions are being made. Mm. Um, so when it you know, w within the um, evangelism committee, um, having the diversity of people in the room um, who are encouraged to contribute as equals um, will probably yield more diverse ideas as to how we do evangelism. Right. Um, same thing with discipleship. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so with discipleship, if there aren't um, a, a range of, if there doesn't exist in our minds a... Um, a range of models as to what Christ likeness looks like. Mm. Um, it's likely that we will disciple people into a particular culture. Mm. Um, mm. So we'll be saying to people, in order for you to be like Christ, you need to be like me. Yeah. Not just me as a Christian, but me as a, like, like a, a yeah, as, a, as an Englishman yeah. or, or as a, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas actually, no, no, um, godliness, there are some things that are you know, transcultural, mm. um, but there are lots of things where, you know, the command to love, for example, mm. um, you communicate that love in different ways in different culture and, and you know, in different cultures. And so there isn't just one way to love. But if I tell everyone that this is the way, uh, you know, this is how I do it. So this is yeah. the way of doing it. Yeah. Then I'm going to essentially say in order for you to be 
um, a Christian, you actually need to be English. Or you mm. actually need to be uh, culturally, mm. you know, you need to conform to this culture. Um, and that's, yeah, that, that's actually, a, that's horrible. Um, I, I believe as individuals, we are free to, we're not um, uh, tied to the culture into which we're born into. I think we have a freedom to, yeah. you know, to, to kind of, we're shaped by our society and, mm. you know, I'm free to assimilate into a different culture if I, if I wish. Yeah. Um, but for that to be compelled is, is, is actually evil. Hmm. Um, and Paul called that out when Peter right. uh, withdrew from fellowship with the Gentile, yeah. Gentiles because of you know, what the, um, what the Jewish Christians were saying. Um, and Paul was just say, you know, said to him, called him out publicly and said, that's not on, like mm. that is not in keeping with the gospel. Mm. Cause you're basically saying to these, um, these Gentile believers, in order for you to be able to eat with me, you yeah. need to become culturally Jewish. Yeah. Um, and I think that churches, um, it's probably unintentional, but that's what they're communica mm. communicating. In order for you to be part of this fellowship, you need to assimilate into British culture. Yeah. Um, you need to, um, <laughs> to stereotype, um, uh, you need to you know, love cricket and cream teas, <laughs> like for you to feel at home here. Yeah. Um, or yeah, or, or you could do it the other way. Like, um, yeah, you need to, um, you need to love our jollof rice. Mm. Um, and generally you, know you need to, um, yeah, like you need to change the way that you speak or right. you need to, in order for yeah. you to feel part, you know, to be yeah. part of us. And that's just, that's just not right. Um, and so, yeah, just having, you know, <laughs> if there isn't that diversity there, speaking with people from other diverse mm. backgrounds, to, you know, so church leaders asking questions of other um, believers from other, uh, from different backgrounds. Um, how do you do evangelism yeah. um, in your church? How yeah. do you do discipleship? Um, how do you do leadership development? Mm. Um, and leadership development is a huge one um, because um, for some people, they will think of, oh, the person who should be a leader is um, yeah, the university educated, mm. um, theologically trained person. Mm. That, you know, that's the leader. And that's not a biblical qualif qualification. Mm. Like the biblical qualification is um, godliness, um, like a, a proven track record of um, godliness and competence mm. within one's own family. Yeah. Um, and as well as the ability to teach for, for an elder um, or just tr you know, faithfulness mm. for a deacon um, in order for them to be appointed to those positions. But if we're thinking, no, no, actually, the best leader is a person who's been to Eton, um, gone to Oxford, hmm. um, maybe did officer training at Sandhurst, um, then theological training in you know, a certain Bible college. Yeah, um, that's the person we want. Right. Then what you're saying is, um, you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of people need not apply, hmm. um, and you're neglecting the people who are right under your nose hmm. uh, within your congregation. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, the the white working class gang leader mm. <laughs> um, who becomes a Christian has actually demonstrated an ability to, you know, to, to mobilize people. Yeah. And to, you know, yeah. there's a quality yeah. there, but, yeah. um, and so it's ridiculous for that to be overlooked mm. because of the certain stereotypes yeah. that we have in our mind. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I said a lot. No, that's been, that's, <laughs> It's it's been really good, and um, I mean it, it's it's useful categories to think through um, race and class and 
essentially how we how we view people so even like you said about um how we assess the uh, assessing and conceiving of people's gifts and talents through our cultural lenses mm-hmm. that we you know imp- unintentionally assume that certain um tracks lead to certain attributes and then we overlook other ones so like yeah. you mentioned the the um, working class white gang leader and just assuming that they have no gifts and no talents mm. as they come into Christianity, whereas we give a huge footing for the person who went to Sandhurst and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah like all uh, the, they're, yeah. They're, they're high up in their business, yeah, and we think, yeah. oh, that will translate to church yeah, leadership. Yeah, who told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's very important for us to, just to really do the hard work of separating out um, our theology from our cultural assumptions, cultural um, upbringing, so that we are clear on when we're actually just taking our cultural assumption as gospel truth. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, seeking to not move along those lines. Um, just to close off that section, mm-hmm. are there resources you'd recommend on the topics of race and class and on, and on gender as well? I think you, you mentioned that and I think that's actually an important category as well. Yeah. So on the, on those issues in terms of Christian involvement, Christian engagement, cr- thinking Christianly about it um, and trying to really work at uh, move into a more faithful Christian witness um, that's aware of cultural dynamics. Yeah, um, I'm probably not the best person to give um, a book recommendation. I'm sure you know some <laughs> books that we should um, we should be reading. Um, I think I'd I'd actually want to challenge Christians to read the Bible with mm. those categories in mind mm. um, and see what happens. Mm. Um, so you read through the book of Ephesians, for example. Um, or you, you start in Genesis and you're thinking about um, what, given that God created human beings, male and female, mm. in his image, um, what implications does that have for my attitudes towards you know, men and women? Mm-hmm. Um, you get to Acts 17 and it talks about um, from one man God made all people that they may seek him, even though he's not far from all of us. Mm. Uh, and you think actually there is a oneness to the human race. Yeah. Um, and therefore, yeah, does the has the society categories of race um, gone deep within me that mm. I actually think of race as being a real thing when actually it's right. a social construct and a, yeah. a, a, a deadly one, you know, a, mm. um, an unhelpful one. And so, yeah, I think I think the challenge is for us to read the Bible um, and to contrast. Um, yeah, the categories and the values of our society with what the Bible actually says, mm. and and um, you know the battle and the <laughs> the battle is for us to become more Christian than we are um, Londoner or mm. British or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that that would be definitely the place to start. Um, I think um, so. Books by non Christians. Okay. Um, yeah. So reading those and thinking what would i say as a christian to this person mm. um given what they're saying about mm. race and class mm. and and two helpful books that i i yeah two books that i found really helpful recently um so there's natives by carla um oh, yeah yeah because yeah. there's a there's a lot of it's, it's kind of it's it's well um it's well researched it's mm. um there's lots of historical information but there's also lots of um autobiography in there yeah and yeah, just from his own experience of the mm. dynamics of race, of class. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's just helpful to think. Um, 
are these things evident in my own heart? Are these mm. things evident within mm. my church? And what can I do about it? Yeah. Um, and Rennie Edo Lodge, um, why I stopped talking to white people about race. Mm. Um, yeah, again, a helpful book for just challenging. Um, because if um, Christians and churches aren't speaking into these real life issues that, you know, that really affect people, um, Christianity will seem irrelevant mm. when actually it's the most relevant. Like yeah. we can actually say to people, yeah. no, no, we actually have a reason why we treat people equally. We believe everyone's made in the image of God, mm. regardless of mm. gender, regardless of so-called race, regardless of class, mm. um, economic power, mm. um, regardless of ability or disability. Yeah. You know, like we actually have a reason, like um, humanity is united in creation, um, united in our rebellion against God, mm. united you know, and therefore our need for salvation. Um, Christ has come to save all of us. Mm. Um, we will be all together, um, all those who are trusting in Jesus in the new creation. There's absolutely no reason for discrimination across any of those lines. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's helpful for us to be aware of um, the diagnoses and the you know, lament of, mm. um, yeah, even non-Christians and then, and then speaking into that. Yeah. Any Christian resources, <laughs> Mr. Israel? Um. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, on on the topic of race, um, I don't have books particularly in my head right now. I do. I do know certain writers and thinkers have spoken quite a bit about it. I'm thinking of people like Anthony Carter, Thabiti mm-hmm. um, Yanwabile, mm-hmm. um, who've re- and I've, and if you research them on Google. Um, on social media you see a lot of their stuff mm-hmm. um there's one book in particular i, I only mentioned it because i just finished reading it mm-hmm. um called glory road which is th- a profile of 13 african-american leaders and that was an interesting book for me to read um because it sh- spoke about how essentially they navigated the issue of race while traveling through various theological camps and mm-hmm. traditions mm-hmm. um and actually brought them to a greater awareness of what race is by entering different cultural spaces and seeing those tensions and those conflicts and um, navigating all of that. So those are like those are mini biographies. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't explicitly tackle race, but by virtue of the experiences, I think it's insightful mm-hmm. on the topic of race. Um, I can't think of any on on class actually, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, Reaching the unreached. Um edited by Tim Chester, but hmm. um yeah, contains um yeah, some helpful stuff. Hmm. Um so he uh, yeah, he talks about I think there's I can remember a table where he contrasts um like middle class values and culture hmm. with like working class value and cultures. Hmm. Um and that yeah, and that's quite helpful, quite accessible. Um Duncan Forbes is like the guy. Yeah, see that, that yeah, I was thinking of him as well. Um yeah. Just yeah, super godly, super humble hmm. and has been um, speaking about you know, as a working class pastor theologian mm. um, seeking to do ministry on a council estate yeah um, and he's just made available his whole back catalogue of YouTube videos mm. and, um, so yeah yes and his thing is urban ministry isn't it yes yeah. yeah, so Duncan Forbes urban ministry um, on YouTube and I guess social media yeah. broadly yeah, have a lot of good resources there. Um, thank you for the Tim Chester recommendation as well. 
to close it off, I wanted to speak to three different people. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're in Hackney, and you want to close these. You want to close this um, interview by speaking to church leaders mm-hmm. about what they could do in terms of social justice, race, class, gender, um, seeking to be more faithful witnesses in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, the average Christian attender, so there's that person who just attends church, they are Christian, they work at a school or um, some business, um, wherever. And they're thinking, okay, what can I do? I'm not exactly a full-time mm. LCM you know, training uh, manager, but... Mm-hmm. I want to be a bit more involved. I want to be engaged. How mm-hmm. can I think about this? What can I do? And then words to the person who isn't a Christian. Um, what what words would you give them in terms of the res- the relevance of Christianity in light of our conversation about um, justice, social action, race, gender, class, and so on? So yeah, church leader, church member, and the non-Christian. Yeah, cool. Um, I think to the Christian leader, um, I'm just very conscious that uh, the work that you do um, is uh, really important mm. and it's also very hard. Um, and so I guess the last thing I want to do is to lay more burdens on your back. Mm. Um, um, I actually want to say thank you for mm. the work that you're doing, for your service, for your sacrifice. Um, I don't know, yeah, whether you're in a context where many people say thank you. <laughs> so, mm. um, yeah, I want to say thank you. If you're married, I want to say thank you to your wives um, and to your um, children for, yeah, the sacrifices that they make. Um, and I also, I, I guess, yeah, in the desire not to kind of put more burdens on, um, I think I'd want to, um, I guess, encourage you to remember that the first person you're leading is yourself. Mm. Um, and and then it's your family, and yeah, and you're first and foremost the yeah disciple of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And so my encouragement to you would be to yeah to, to focus on that, to focus on the fact that um, you're you know you're following Jesus. And so with mm. issues of race and class, it's it's got to begin not with um, the optics of what your church is doing or seen to be doing. Yeah. It's got to begin with what's going on in your own heart. Um, so yeah, if you are aware of uh, if yeah, if you aren't aware of issues of race and class, mm. um, particularly if you're working in London, um, but if you're in any kind of diverse area, um, that is an issue. And and yeah, yeah, I'd encourage you to read the Bible with yeah. with those lenses yeah. and and allow God to do work in you just as a disciple of Christ. Mm. Um, and and then allow those things to translate into how you actually live, um, and invite people in to see. You share with people, mm. not in a kind of self-righteous look at me, but um, yeah, as as Christ disciples you in certain areas, allow people to see Him disciple you in those areas. Um, so yeah, I'm not giving you anything extra to do. I'm just saying, grow mm. as a grow as a Christian and allow people to see you grow as a Christian. And then all you're able to, you know, what you're able to say is, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. As you know, as He teaches me to, um, you know, to repent of racism and classism and. Um, mm. I'm allowing other people in to do that, and yeah, you know, and once you've done that, I think then you're in a better position to to think, okay, how does this change what we do as a church? Mm. Um, but I'd encourage you just yeah, just think of yourself as a disciple of Christ and allow Him to do that work. And um, the work is urgent, um, 
but Jesus seems to be in less of a hurry than we are. Mm. Um, so as much as I want to kind of say, like change everything tomorrow, mm. um, that, that isn't often how God works in us. Um, so I think, yeah, maybe share with a, free, a few trusted friends as to what, you know, what's going on, um, where you'd like to go and get them to keep you accountable so that you keep persisting yeah. with the, the yeah. importance of this yeah. um, throughout. Um, to the ordinary Christian, um, I think I want to say that God is at work in the world today, um, mm. you know, acting with love and power to save sinners um, and to grow his people in Christ-like maturity. Um, so you know, that's God's focus. That's what God is doing in the world today. And so um, I, I guess I'd really want to encourage you to, you know, when, when Paul says in Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, I don't think he's speaking as some super Christian right. um, or some super Christian leader. I, yeah, I think that yeah. sentiment ought to be true of all of us. Mm. Um, and the reason it's not true is because um, we, we don't allow the realities of the gospel to actually shape the way that we live. Mm. Um, so uh, someone talks about um, the blessed man is one who, um, or the blessed person is a person who meditates on his law on his word mm. on his instructions day and mm. night um and like how many of us do that right on a real like yeah. how many of us actually meditate on scripture yeah. day yeah. and night and allow yeah. it to shape our thinking how many of us um like how how real is re um is eternity to us mm. and how much does that shape you know what we do the choices yeah. that we make yeah. um and and i get it like particularly many of us from, um, you know, our parents came over to this country and struggled, mm. you know, and struggled through life. Mm. Um, of course, the the needs of, you know, I need to, you know, work hard at school, get a degree, get a good job, get a house. Like, of course, those things are going to seem more pressing. Mm. And it's not that we shouldn't or can't do those things. Mm. Um, but large like high up on our agenda ought to be how do I steward the resources God has given me and the networks God has given me mm. to advance his kingdom because um, the things that I can spend my time and energy doing um, you know they won't last yeah if I'm building a kingdom other than one that God is building then my kingdom is going to be destroyed mm. his is the only one that's going to last mm. um, so I guess I want to challenge the ordinary Christian to um to reshape their priorities based on what they know to be true, at least in theory, to allow what they know to be true in theory to to, to affect their lives practically. Yeah. Um, and to the yeah to the person who isn't yet following Jesus or or maybe was following in the past and has given up, um, I think so often we can allow um, the hurt that we've experienced, mm. all the pain, the suffering that we see out in the world, and we'd be like, you know, what you know where is God in this yeah, and, and, yeah. and and what's the point of church and religion in the context mm -hmm. of, of you know, so much pain and suffering. Um, but what I found is that um, God and the Bible speaks into our experience of brokenness more powerfully than anything, mm. um, than any, you know, far better than human philosoph philosophy, anything. Um, so um, God's able to speak into our brokenness the brokenness that we see about uh, around us mm. um, in our societies but but exists w like within our own hearts as well yeah. um and he actually shows us a way where we're no longer part of the problem but actually we can be part of the solution mm. um so i can lament the brokenness i can talk about christians being hypocrites and all that sort yeah. of thing but actually yeah. um how, you know, how am i really that much better myself mm. um whereas in christ um 
he not only deals with our, our sin and our shame and the punishment that we deserve, um, but he also calls us to a new life and empowers us for that new life. Mm. And he guarantees for us a glorious future. Um, and it would be it would be foolish actually to allow um, the, the the sins of others to prevent me mm. from you know, engaging yeah. with um, the Lord Jesus myself, um, because he yeah he, he loves people. Mm. Um, uh, he he calls all people to, to trust in him. Um, he will return um, as king and as judge. He will right what's wrong. He will heal the brokenness in this world. Mm. Um, he will punish evil. Um, and on that day, like we want to be in relationship with him mm. rather than distant from him. Yeah. Um, and actually to be in relationship with him, um, that does mean um, bearing with other broken people <laughs> within mm. Christian community. Mm. Um, it does mean that we do need to connect yeah. and recognize that even though we can lament what the church is now, mm. we've also got to remember what the church will be in eternity, I stole that one yeah. from Andrew Wilson. Shout out Andrew <laughs> Wilson. Um, yeah, we've got to remember what the church will be in eternity. Mm. Um, and that gives us hope. That gives mm. us the kind of energy to keep yeah. going. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I'm sure for all of you listening, you've just received so much information and so many um, good points to, to take away. And I hope all of this is really um, starting to form how you think about the church in society today, in, in London in particular. Um, and for Christians, equipping you to think more faithfully about your role, your involvement as an organization, as an organism, as individuals, and so on. Stick around. Uh, next week, we're going to have another episode with another interview um, tackling just a different dynamic of Christian faithfulness in this world. So this is Black Berea, and you're listening to The Church Before the Watching World.